Welcome to Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman, two badass business rebels serving up one steaming pile of bullshit a week so you don't fall face first into it. So my mom died. I'm just going to put it out there just like that. Just get in there. Just, just drop the bomb, Amy. Okay. I'm just going to drop. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to say it that way. Because today is all about talking about like the right and the wrong way and the things that we do and say when people die. But the thing about it is, is that when, like, if I was to tell you, oh, my mom passed away, like that to me feels so disingenuous right now because it was a fucking sucker punch. So I would yeah. rather use the sucker punch version my mom fucking died and it sucks and I hate it so much. And it's a fucking sucker punch to, to the gut. Um, yeah. She was sick for a long, long time, but not with something that would kill you. Right. So she had an autoimmune disorder, which in and of itself was not like, she wasn't like stage four of something. Right. right. And she had been, you know, had issues in and out of hospitals in and out of doctors, always fine. And then just died of something that wasn't even broken. Like nobody ever said she had a kidney problem and she just like died of a kidney failure. And I don't right. mean to laugh, but like, that's ridiculous. It was totally unexpected. I mean, I know that she got sick and was sent home and we're not going to get into it. And, you know, we won't let yeah. Crystal go down the rabbit hole of the state of the American healthcare system, but it totally sucks. And it's really you know, weird that my mom died three. No, this is going to be five years. Yeah. This is going to be the fifth year, I guess that my mom passed away in kind of the same manner in many ways, like was on a ventilator, had kidney problems, was on dialysis. Basically it just came down to like everything shutting down and there's nothing else we can do. So it's been, it's been very strange to watch strange and an honor to walk this journey with you. Cause I could safely say, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. You have no idea like the, your support through all of this and, you know, for all of the people who are loyal listeners, you saw that we suddenly took a break from the podcast and it was really because I needed it. I needed this break. I needed to be able to come on here and just full on say that like without crying, just right. be like, we didn't oh. want to have a cry yeah. fest. No, and it's not, but I, I, Dude, I do think that today's topic is really important and I did want to address it in this way because nobody gives you a manual for the most important things. Like doesn't nobody gives you a manual for how to be a parent. Nobody gives right. you a guide to what to do when your parent dies. Like when you're suddenly untethered from the universe and suddenly you're like having a panic attack in the middle of the night mm -hmm. when you're a grown ass woman. <laughs> I had a panic panic attack at Walmart right after my mom died, picking up pictures for the celebration of life. Yeah. Just being in there and like picking them up. I had to run out of the store, like hyperventilating. It was very weird. But nobody gives you a manual for how to do this and how you're supposed to do it and how you're supposed to respond. And honestly, the things that I have felt, and I know that you felt when you dealt with it a few years ago, caught me by surprise in a lot of ways because when I used to have a friend who lost someone or who, you know, whose parent or anyone in their family died, I would always check in with them too. And I would always mm -hmm. say things like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Or I would say, you know, how are you doing? And that <laughs> is, that's, that's not a bad, like, that's not in and of itself is not a bad thing, 
But now having walked through it, I swear to you, I will never say either of those two things ever again, because they're like my least favorite things in the entire world. Like, I don't want to be asked how I'm doing. You're making me do work. You're making me have to like, think about something that I don't want to think about Mm -hmm. so that you can feel better about you. Like, that's kind of how it feels. That, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I said the same thing after mine. I was like, I'm going to ask people, how can I support you or what can I do for you today to take some of the load off or just so that it's not about me. It's about them. Yes, exactly. And so that it's like, like, how can I support you is different than how are you doing? Right. Because how are you doing has requires introspection. And anytime that you go introspectively, especially in the few weeks following it hurts. And, right. so- and you're not doing good. No one's doing good after the parent dies. Like yeah, shut like, up. That's the worst obviously- question in the world. I'm obviously heartbroken and devastated. And like you said, feel untethered to the, from it's really weird to lose a mom. I, you know, I still have my dad, thank God. But losing a mom is just like that person that brought you into the world is now yep. gone. And it is, and that's the person that like, no matter what you do, no matter if you were in jail, sitting on death row, your mom was going to love you. And that person's gone. Yeah. So it's really, it's a really weird feeling. It's like a very, I wouldn't say empty, but it's just untethered. You just feel like the whole world's spinning and you're just in one place. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Another thing that I feel happens after your parent dies or after anyone dies is obviously you've got the services, the funerals, the visitation, the whatever, all the things that you go through, which in and of themselves, I feel like the celebration or the celebration of life and the visitation, all of that, I feel like it was a way to honor my mom. And also it was something that was necessary for my dad. My parents Mm -hmm. were married for 48, almost 49 years. It's a lifetime. Yeah, Um, lifetime. Yeah. And you know, he needed that as much as we wanted to honor her life. He needed that. And I'm so glad we were able to do that. And yet it was some of the hardest stuff that I did, not just because we had to say goodbye to her, but because of what happened with the people who show up. And this yes. is another another point for me that like, we, we have to do better with what we do. And I, I can tell you, I learned so much about what not to do ever again. Mm-hmm. And it's like things that you don't know till you've been through it. Like I would have probably mm-hmm. said the same thing. So for example, because I'm sure everybody's like, what did they do? <laughs> right. It's yeah. not those like weird, but it's people that you don't know. So in my case, mm-hmm. um, people who I didn't know, of course, she had her own circle. She went to her own church. I wasn't a part of that life, you know, right. Her own friends. So right. they're people that I didn't really know, but maybe by name and they come in and they tell you stories about your, about your person, like your mom, yeah. and they, they cry or they feel sad or whatever. And that's fine. I understand that you feel sad. I understand that there's a grief on your part, but it makes you as the closest person who's hosting this big party, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> feel like as the host. <laughs> yeah. You have to be this good host who is supporting other people while you're in the middle of grieving. And mm. I can tell you that it was, it was one of the hardest things I've ever been through, especially on visitation day. Yes. I support this statement. So this is where our stories are different. My mom, because I knew that was going to be so overwhelming and because I was an only child and because my ex-husband left me, 
at my aunt's house after my mother died. I had no support. I had like aunts and uncles and things that were willing to help, but I chose to have a celebration of life that we did not put in the paper, which if you're from a small town, that's how everybody finds out what's happened. All we did, all I said was shared on social media because I knew that it would not as many people would find out and come. And honestly, that was strategic because I couldn't stand up there and deal with the probably hundreds upon hundreds of people that would come through the doors crying because I wasn't going to make it. I was just like, there's no way I can give any more. I'm barely hanging on. And so what you say here is such a great point and people mean well, but like, it is kind of a weird societal thing that in your moment of the most extreme grief, you're like having to prop other people up that you barely know. Yeah. And I found myself, I, I didn't know what to say. Like as people came in and started telling me the stories of how my mom had impacted them. And on one hand, I'm happy to hear that my mom had an impact and I'm so glad that she did. Great. On the other hand, I was like, okay, how do I respond to this? All I want to do is like sit here and cry every time somebody tells me this because wow, you know, whatever. So I ended up just saying over and over again to everyone who came to tell me, oh, thank you for telling me that story. It means a lot to me. Right. Like just, that's just my standard answer. And it was like, this is how I get through this day. Everybody walks up, they hug me, they tell me all these things, all the nice things. They tell me what a great person she was and she was like, that's fine. But how I get through it is with my two line response, right? Which then I guess sort of mirrors the numbness that you start to feel through all of it, right? You're just numb saying the same thing over and over. Doesn't it become like a blur? Yeah, it does. And it's bad. (laughs) Yeah, it feels it feels so weird. I don't remember what I and I'm being 100% honest. I don't remember anything I said at my mother's celebration of life other than at the very end I remember saying that, you know, this is what happens when you don't take care of yourself and you take care of everyone else because what my mom died of was, you know, pulmonary fibrosis and it was something that started as quote unquote pneumonia. She was misdiagnosed. And it went on for months and she was more worried about everyone else around her than really making sure she was okay. And so that that's all I remember saying is like, I was like pissed off, I think, you know, and my mom's because she wouldn't just go back to the doctor because they kept saying, well, nothing's wrong. And she just kind of took it at face value. And that's what made, you know, that's why she died. And so I was just like, this is why you don't, you know, basically care about others more than yourself, which is probably not the nicest thing to say, but that's all I remember. I I apparently talked for a long time. People tell me, but I don't remember anything because it's like seriously the blurriest day of my life. Yeah. I, so this is also where our stories differ is that I couldn't say anything like at the actual ceremony or celebration. um, Mm -hmm. My dad, my dad spoke, which was beautiful. And I'm appreciative that, you know, he really led the, he really led like everything that we did that day. And neither my brother or I said anything, which I just couldn't, like, I couldn't Mm -hmm. say anything, but I think to your point about like, just feeling angry about it, that's, that's another thing too. So I always, this isn't the first death in my family. I want to say that like my grandparents have passed before too. So it's not like I haven't dealt with death, but this, the death of your mother is something totally different that it does. It it completely affects you in a different way than anything you've ever experienced. So Mm -hmm. 
you know, just to say, well, I've dealt with death before. You don't know how this feels because I didn't have any of these feelings about the way that people talk to me or, you know, the Mm -hmm. people coming up and telling me stories. So that's another thing too. If you're at a funeral and you want to tell a story of how something impacted, like maybe find like the relative that's like a few. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because at my grandparents' funeral, that was meaningful to me. And at my mom's mm-hmm. funeral, I was just walking through the motions of like, how do I get through this? So let me support you in right. your grief instead of me being supported in my grief. So I will say that. But the other thing is this, the idea of the grieving process, having all these stages. And I've heard people say they don't go in order. They kind of go all around. But I always heard about this anger stage. And the anger stage, mm-hmm. I thought, was like angry at the person or angry at God or angry at the universe or whatever caused the death, right? Right. right. Nope, it's, it's not. so weird. It's, that's not what I'm angry about. <laughs> no. Like, you get angry about the most inconsequential type of things like little things really piss you off yeah or people who take things for granted people who it feels like they don't appreciate things or they're just kind of flippant about it like Mm -hmm. it really pisses me off I just Mm -hmm. like right now and of course we're only a few weeks out from it so I don't know what this looks like going forward maybe you can tell me because you've been (laughs) for years but like right now if someone is around me and they are disloyal or don't have any amount of gratitude or any appreciation in life or are flippant about anything about life, I'm just like, that's an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. But it's because your perspective changes. I think that when you lose your mom, there's like a fuel that gets, it's almost like a fire inside of you is being lit again because now your mom is gone. And so you realize how fragile life is and how many your days are numbered and how everything's a perspective shift. And, and you just, I don't know. I felt the same way. Like people would be bitching about the most silly things. And I'm like, my mom fucking died. Go to hell. Like you, you know, be happy. Like it could be worse. Like if you don't like your situation, change it. I got a divorce right after my mom died because it's a catalyst for change. It's a catalyst for not settling anymore. It's like a teaching moment that I don't know. It's like once mom's gone, it's you real. I, I think your own mortality gets really brought up because we just think of our parents as always being there. I think we think, especially of our moms, they've always been our caretakers and, you know, you're great no matter what type of people. And once they're gone, it's like, all right, well, fuck this shit. I got to figure out how to survive in this world. And if you aren't happy and you're a lazy turd around me, I want you gone. Yes, <laughs> Get out of my life. Exactly. I don't have time. I don't have time for you. And I don't, And I don't have time to mince words. Like I don't have time to sit here and decide if this is pretty or if it's not pretty, if it needs to be said. And someone came into my DMs. I feel a little bad about this one. They came into my DMs like two days after and were trying to sell me something. And I was pretty public about everything that was going on, mostly because I don't know all of my mom's friends. And I wanted to be sure that everybody knew. And my mom was big on Facebook. She loved it. She loved the Facebook. She loved Uh, the Facebook. (laughs) So I was pretty public about it. You were very public. You even posted like a hint that something was wrong when you were getting on the plane. I I did. I did. And then yeah, only people who knew me well knew what was going on then. Right, right. But if someone had done five seconds of investigating and clicked on your profile, they wouldn't be trying to sell you in the DMs because it was literally right there at the top, like 
my mom passed away, my mom's obituary, like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I I like basically was documenting what was happening all along. And it wasn't because I wanted the world to feel sorry for me or anything like that. That's not what I why I was doing it. No, no but, one does. It's for it's honestly one of the easiest way to get the word out. Yes. I did the same thing. Yes, exactly. So somebody who had been chatting with me prior and like did one of those disingenuous, like, hey, you know, I want to get to know you, blah, 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 and then disappeared. And then Mm -hmm. happens to come back like two days after my mom has passed away. And like we said, there was like a hint that there was something wrong when I was getting on the plane. And then I was very public about what was going on. I just kind of put it out there and my profile is completely public. So it wasn't a secret. So if you who are trying to get to know me and want to actually connect, can't go mm-hmm. look at my profile and figure that out in like exactly three seconds, you know, it's a problem for me. So then this person came in and was selling and I was like, this is a really bad timing. And of course I just did the sucker punch thing. I was like, my mom died, which is, which is kind of an asshole move, but at the same time, but it's, it's not, it's like, what I was feeling. <laughs> go to hell. You didn't even look and we don't know each other and I don't owe you anything. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, if you actually wanted to connect with me, you would have seen this. And Mm -hmm. the response back was you're just lashing out because you're hurt. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not hurt. I'm not lashing out. I'm telling you the truth. Like, why can't we tell people the truth and it be the truth? This is what actually happened. And this is how your message is impacting me. That's not me lashing out. That's me telling you the truth. It's called engaging like a human. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, and if they were, if they had any empathy, they would just say, you know, I'm really, you're right. I'm sorry. Like you don't need to turn the blame around. Like how insecure of that human being. Cause if I had screwed up like that, I would have been like, you are so right. And this is a great learning experience for me. You know? Yeah. I apologize. And I wish you the best. I would have engaged like a human. I would have had a real, like, reaction to that, especially if you're a good person, that would hurt. You know, like if I did that to somebody, I I would feel like an asshole. I would be like, for real, sorry. So that's the difference though. Real people. Yeah. Real people, real engagement and knowing that people are human and that it is okay for someone to be genuinely upset And it's not called lashing out. It's called speaking your truth. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not out there trying to hurt you. This isn't a like hurt people, hurt people kind of thing. This is like, you screwed up and you're trying to sell me something at a time when I am not in careless and, and you didn't even bother to do the thing you said you wanted to do, which was to connect (laughs) with me and get to know me. Right. If you had just left the get the know me thing out and went straight for the pitch, you know, it may not have been so disingenuous, but like that whole thing is like, this is what we're saying when we were talking about cold DMs. I mean, it goes back to that. Like, don't be an asshole. Show up like a real human being and get to know people, not with copy paste bullshit. You know, that's what that was. Of course. And so, and this is what I mean by like, I, I, I don't have the time or the energy within myself now to try to figure out a way to say it that's supportive of the other person in certain circumstances like this. I'm not saying I'm supportive of people. That sounds terrible. But you know what I mean? Like when something needs to be said, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and and like align myself with the part of with the part of of this communication that's failing. Like I think as leaders in the world, we need to align ourselves with the part that knows that people can do better. Yeah. And 
And people can do better. I mean, I see shit on social media all the time and comments and stuff. And I'm just like, say nothing at all. Remember the one, this is kind of a sidetrack, but this is how our podcast go. Remember the other day when I said that everybody loves Beth Dutton and I just got to say my mom's like the original Beth Dutton because my mom lover was like fire. I mean, she just did not give a shit. She was the most loving person, but then like also just like takes no shit, gives no fucks woman and I love her for it. I mean, she used to log with my dad, tough, tough woman. So anyway, I, I put that out there and someone was like, well, I don't watch that show because I don't like Beth Dutton. And I'm just like, you didn't have to say anything. Like if you had read my post, it was like me, you know, like saying that my mom's this cool ass woman and she's dead PS. So you didn't have to go leave a comment. You could have just said nothing. And yeah. And it didn't actually have anything to do with the show. Like the com, the post isn't about that. Oh my gosh. Oh God. <laughs> Do you remember? Like, hello. You said delete her. <laughs> I did. I did. I was like, delete, delete that person. Delete that person. Yeah. It was just funny because I was just like, everybody loves Beth Dutton or something and loves Yellowstone. Well, my mom was the original. And then she was just like, well, I stopped watching it because Beth Dutton. So not everybody loves her. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I yeah. think you missed the point of my post. Because she said not everyone loves her. That was the part that pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> so I like message you. I'm like, delete that person. <laughs> this is what happens. This is how you feel when. Well, and it, but it goes back to being engaged like a human. Like if you yes. read, like, come on, if you read that post and that's how you felt, wouldn't you take that as like, oh, that person's like speaking of her mother. I'm just going to keep my fucking feelings to myself and not leave a comment. Yeah. Or but like, still engaging like a human. Like don't yeah, engage. It's, it's not an attack <laughs> on you. If I like, if I say everyone loves this person. Right. You don't have to be like, I well, don't. I don't. <laughs> it was speaking generally. Like we get right. it. Probably some right. people. Don't. don't yeah there's probably a lot of people that don't but there's also a lot that are like cult following love her or yeah. love whatever it is so oh my god yeah I mean I don't know there's so much bs about death and funerals and services and just the whole thing I mean I gotta be honest I didn't know it cost so much to die first of all so if if nothing else if you listen to this podcast like go get yourself some insurance so nobody has to buy you you know a $15,000 funeral because I'd rather I would rather the people who love me go on a really nice vacation to get over all the bullshit than to have to put me in the ground for 15 grand yeah, I think that there's a lot that happens afterwards that kind of catches you by surprise and it's like completely shocking. My mom happened to die really late at night, so it was almost midnight. And I we got a call, well, I got a call from someone about organ donation like a few mm-hmm. hours later. So it was like two o'clock in the morning. And it wasn't really a possibility for my mom just because of the way she died, but my mom had previously like signed up for this. So they were calling whatever. But when it, I first got that call, it was that second, like sucker punch of like, oh, she's like, really dead, really dead. Yeah. It was really, these are like some of the really hard things that people go through and that people are going through. That's just part of it. Like it, I'm okay with the fact that they called me. That's part of the deal, right? right? How it works. And, mm-hmm. but 
But somebody who's on the outside, who doesn't know all of that, or maybe suspects it, but doesn't really know how that feels. It's really hard when you're showing up and making it about you, or when you're showing mm-hmm. up and wanting the other person to make decisions. That's another thing too. Right afterwards, <laughs> I, like right. there were so many decisions to be made. And then it mm-hmm. got to the point to where I couldn't make another decision. I literally stopped going to the grocery store and stopped shopping at all. My husband's like, what's wrong with you for yeah. like a couple weeks, because I didn't want to have to make a decision. No, I know it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's it's not even decision fatigue. It's just, it goes back to that like numbness where the world is spinning and you're still standing there trying to be like, what happened? And then, you know, I know your, your mom was in ICU. My mom was in an ICU. There is this thing called ICU PTSD and it's real. No matter what, no matter how enlightened you are and how like I don't know, aware that what you're going through is probably traumatic. I promise you, you will have dreams. You will have, you'll just be like driving down the road and like a vivid memory, but it's, it's like a snapshot. It's very strange. Cause I can't remember everything, but I remember something so vividly that it's like, it's, it's bothersome because that moment is like a chunk that just stuck. It like just made it it buried in my brain and it pops up every now and then. Yes. I have memories of the entire, like basically the entire two days, the trauma of those two days. I have a lot of vivid memories of that, like all of it, but it doesn't come in order to me. So it comes Mm -hmm. comes at different times. And the reason that I feel it's important to explain that too, is because it's not like, okay, well that was, that's so last week. Like right no it already happened. Get back to your life and get on with it. Right. Mm-hmm. It comes out of nowhere. We I could be having a conversation in the middle of of like Walmart about nothing, and all of a sudden that memory just like comes up and it comes out of nowhere. So it's still like this processing of trauma. It's still a processing of like the death itself plus the trauma plus all of that PTSD. Like all of it's going on, and so. Like if we can talk about what it means to engage as a human with someone who's going through this, whether you know them well or you don't, and you want to be supportive, I really feel like these are, this is the important part is understand that that human being is going through something that you might not be able to understand until you go through it, that Mm -hmm. it carries on and it doesn't follow a logical sequence necessarily. Um, Mm -mm. some of it feels irrational. So yeah. Is it irrational for me to feel angry when someone says, how are you doing? How are you doing is such a nice thing to say. I'm trying to be supportive Mm -hmm. of you. Why are you irrationally mad? Well, who knows? Who the fuck knows? Cause I feel that way today. Right. Yes. So if you can understand that, then your job as another human in the world who wants to be supportive is to find ways where the other person doesn't have to support to be supporting you. So asking, Mm -hmm. how are you doing? I think, you know, the obvious question, I'm not doing well. So instead, how can I support you today? Instead of asking someone to make a decision about something, like I would like to bring you dinner. What would you like? Just fucking bring bring something. Yeah. Just pick something. Like I don't care. It's food. Guess what? I'm not making anything for myself. So if I'm hungry enough, I'll eat it. Yeah. And another thing I think that's crazy that people don't realize either is the the tired, like the exhaustion that comes after all of this is next level. I mean, I thought I knew tired because I had, you know, children, I'd given birth, I'd done the breastfeeding thing and been up all night, but this level of tired is just like shut down tired. Yes. 
And another thing too is how you know on all those like crime shows or whatever, how they always say like there they'll say there's not a way that you deal with grief or you know, or I'm, they're guilty. They're not dealing with grief correctly. Right. Oh yeah. That's the, there's like, that doesn't exist. There's like zero definition for what it looks like. And it changes on a day, Mm -hmm. like day-to-day basis. So you might see someone and you might think, oh my gosh, they're doing so great. Like, wow. They're like hop popping back from that real quick. Mm -hmm. And it just might be a moment where you finally got a reprieve and you're like, whoo, that fog is lifted for like half a second and that might be the moment. And then tomorrow we might like just be completely bawling. So that another thing too, is to understand that people don't all grieve the same. They don't all grieve in order. They don't, it doesn't follow your timeline. It doesn't even follow their timeline. It just follows whatever happens, whatever, you know, like you don't get to have a timeline for someone else's grief and you don't get to explain to them that they're lashing out or what their thought or they're doing it wrong. And P.S. I was told this is one of the biggest reasons why I chose to get a divorce within hours (laughs) of getting of my mom passing away is because my spouse at the time looked at me and said, just because your mom's dying, this was right before she died, doesn't mean you can be mean to me. And I was like, actually, as an only child, it's not about you. And however I want to act in this moment, I think I should be supported because guess what? My mom is not coming out of this. So if I want to sit on the ground and throw plates at the wall, I think that I should be supported in this moment because it's not about the other person and like a real kind, I feel like human who's, you know, there and engaging like a human would just be like, whatever you need, just do whatever you got to do. Like Mm -hmm. I'm here no matter what, that's what people going through this want to hear or want to know is that like, yeah, I knew that I was being an asshole or I wasn't super nice. Well, who's going to be fucking worrying about their P's and Q's when their mom's dying? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm pissed. I'm mad. I'm upset. Like and you're asking me why I'm not happy that we're, you know, checking out of the holiday Inn and going to the red roof Inn. probably because I don't give a shit. Why can't we stay at the same hotel? Like there's other things going on, you know, and that's just sharing my own story, but like why I, I don't know. People really need to understand that when other people are going through super difficult times, it's, it has nothing to do with you and don't show up to try to make yourself feel better. Either show up for them in a way that is supportive and a way that honors them and lets them feel seen or don't show up because you putting your shit on them during their most difficult time is the worst thing in the world. For sure. Yeah. I will say, so we've said a lot of like what not to say, right? I will say that this, this is what help like feels the best and most supportive to me was I had someone say to me, I know that this is a really difficult time for you. I know that, that this is hard. And I just want you to know that I'm here thinking about you. I'm here to support you in any way that I can. And mm-hmm. that's just what I want you to know right now. Cool. I didn't that's have perfect. To yep. I didn't have to respond to anything. I didn't have to support them in their grief. <laughs> right. They acknowledged what I felt because duh, like, mm-hmm. obviously you don't, you don't need a, it, you don't need like, it's not rocket science to understand that someone's not okay. Um, right. and, 
And they said, I'm here to support you. And they didn't say, how can I, you know, they didn't even say, how can I support you? Which I was fine with anybody who said, how can I support you? Yeah. That's right. okay. But they didn't even say that. They just said, I'm here. If you need mm-hmm. me, I'm here for yep. anything. Anything, whatever venting, whatever it is. Just, yep. Yeah, like, that was always really good too. I, I I had a couple of friends that were just like, whatever you need, pick up the phone. You know, like if you just want to talk or if you want somebody to order your food for you, whatever. I had, I had a friend, this is like, this is next level friend, you know, we haven't actually physically seen each other. I don't think since 2000 and let's see, Gwen was born in 2016. So around that time, anyway, years, five years, whatever. And she ordered my favorite food, pad thai and had it delivered to me. She didn't ask me my address. She like went, figured it out. You know what I'm saying? And I just got like food delivered and I was like, what is this? And who is this from? And but that's like, that's how you can show up for somebody. Yeah, exactly. Don't make it, you know, if you have to text them eight things to ask them questions, it's probably not actually helping. Yes. And the, and then the other thing too, is if someone posts on, on Facebook, that something difficult is happening, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, a, I'm not the kind of person who thinks that you should go out there and post like secretive things and make everybody guess. Right. But I'm also not the kind of person who is going to be like, hey, asshole, tell me everything that's going on. Why are you not sharing? Right. So like <laughs> mentioned, <laughs> mm-hmm. on the day that I was getting on the plane, I posted yeah. a little hint that something wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually just what I was kind of feeling in the moment. And I just kind of wanted that support for myself. And I was signaling to some people who knew that there mm-hmm. were that there was a problem. Right. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, it's kind of like the hint, the signal. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of my friends who knew what was going on, like crystal and others commented, like, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I hope your mom's okay. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Well, someone who we had known like years ago, who was like now just like an acquaintance, I barely know them, but knew them like right. growing up or whatever comments. What happened? <laughs> Obviously, if I wanted you to know, I would say, why do people see that? I figured you were going to say DM'd you like, so what's going on? I oh, need we to had, know. I had those two, but I think the worst one was the what happened. The, come on, the comment, what yes, happened? Like, what oh my happened? God. Like, and of, of course, later I did share, because I'm not the person who's going to be like, well, it's a big family secret. Like, it's okay. Right. I don't mind sharing. But at the same time, there's a right and a wrong way to approach stuff. And people are going to share what they want to They're And not everybody is going to be as open or as public as I was in that moment, because some people, they aren't needing Facebook to spread the word. Right. But right. as, as digital marketers, imagine <laughs> would use Facebook to spread the word. Right. Who would have thunk it? I was, I was, remember I was writing posts every day to keep people informed about my mom and they were getting shared a lot because I was very detailed and whatever. And then, you know, and I had to share the news that she was gone and stuff. And I had people message me and ask me if I was a nurse. And I was like, what? And they're like, your Facebook posts are so like detailed and like very descriptive about what's going on. I was just wondering if you're a nurse. And I'm like, why would you send that right now? Like, What does it matter what I am? And no, I'm not a nurse. I'm just regurgitating what the ICU nurses are telling me. God. Yeah, I know. It's it's just so weird. Like the things that the things that happen and that you go through and you're just sit there and you scratch your head and you're just like, are these real people? Like I right. was 
did we leave their brain somewhere did their brains fall out on the way to this conversation like I don't know and I do think sometimes like I don't think everyone intent they don't mean it the way it comes out but also like do better like where's the empathy stop being selfish human and be an empathetic person for sure. 100%. I think this carries over into so many places, but especially in, in these times of difficulty, you know, not just death, but any kind of difficulty in people's lives, there's a supportive way to handle it. And it's not by demanding that they tell you about themselves or that they tell you how they are, that they give you the details of what happened when they're not ready to share. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. there's just a right and a wrong way to be a human being in the world. And yeah, I agree. We need to create a handbook. We seriously do. Because they engage no- like a human handbook. I mean, the there's no, no BS. <laughs> there's engage no like a human. For how to do it. And I know that there's no guide for like what you should say. So I just want to, I just wanted to like talk a little bit about this because I learned so much and I did some of these things too. Like I would always tell people, how are you doing? <laughs> I did that. And now because I- that's what we've heard for years. I mean, we don't know better no. till we experience something and we're like, oh, wow. Okay. Let me change that. And I think that's, what's so cool about us and this podcast is nothing's off limits. Like we totally just made a podcast about our moms dying and what we experienced. And my hope is that people feel permission to not want to do those you know, a big wake or not want to participate and stuff. Like it's okay to feel that way. Like you're not a bad person because I didn't want to do it either. I mean, it's, it is literally exhausting. I remember when my husband's dad passed away completely unexpectedly, they did like a three day thing or two day, you you did a two day thing. I think maybe they did a two day thing, but the, the visitation was supposed to be over at like seven. And I think we got home at like 1030 at night. And then we had to be there the next day for the funeral. And then there was visitation before the funeral. There was the funeral. Then we had to take him to the cemetery. And I just can't tell you just how exhausting it all was. And then there was like a dinner after that. And we just went home. Mm-hmm. It's hard. But I also want people to have permission to, A, do that part however they want to without any mm-hmm regard to what's the expected thing, do it your way, honor the person the way you want to. But I also think that people should have permission to actually say the words, my person died and I am not okay right now. Mm -hmm. And this is how I want, this is how I need to be supported. And it's not, yes, you know, like I want people to be okay with just communicating that and not feeling that they have to put any of that in a nice, neat little container with a bow on top of it. You know, Oh my God, this is such a great point because I remember when people would die, everybody would stand up at the casket, you know, and, and everybody would march by. And I remember like, this was when my mom was alive and like other people died and she'd be like, well, I need to get back up there. I need to stand back up there. Cause I got to greet people. And I'm like, why it's not let them look themselves. Why do you have to stand up there? Like a host, like you said earlier. I mean, what? Yes. If you want to sit on the damn pew and cry, just do that. Like you don't have to stand up there for them. Yeah. When we were at the church, actually making the plans for what would happen at the service. And we actually did 
we did a lot differently because we did the visitation, then burial, then service. So it was kind of backwards from what most people do. But my dad was Mm -hmm. really adamant that he wanted like the family burial site, like gravesite service done separately and before the other service. Like he just felt strongly about that, which was fine. That's interesting. It is. It's a different way to do it. And he had his reasons and I think it worked out really well. So again, do it your mm-hmm. way. Nobody gets mm-hmm. to tell you what to do and it works good for us. But anyway, at the church during the planning of all of this, they say, okay, so then after this, the service, it feels like this feels like planning the worst wedding ever. Like, you know? Right. I know the music and then you need a slideshow. Yeah. And all. yeah. So then they were like, well, after the service, your the family will go to the front so that people can come by and like greet them. And mm-hmm. I said, no, I think the family can go to the back. So, and And then, you know, my dad is a pastor. So he's like, well, but they normally go to the front. And I was like, no, dad, I get that. That's what normally happens. We're just like not normal people. I really need to (laughs) greet them and like, so that they can leave. Like we're going to greet by the door. The the idea is get out. Like, right. We want you to leave. We, yeah. Yes. And, the, and the the pastor who was there with us, he kind of like joked. He was like, well, you could just greet them in the parking lot. Mm. I was like, that's even better. I'm, that's I'm great. Better. Can we stand outside the door and just wave? Bye. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. So we did yeah. end up doing back of the room. Like my dad was like, yeah, you know what? I get that. I understand what you're saying. Because by this point we were at the last thing. Like this is like right. the end. I'm done Mm -hmm. saying goodbye. I'm done supporting all these people. I'm like done. I need Mm -hmm. to be done. And so we did it that way and it worked out great. And we were able to like get past all of that as quickly as possible. And honestly, I feel like, again, it's about knowing how you need to be supported and what Mm -hmm. you need to support and care for yourself. And I didn't want to have to go through another day and another long extended Mm -hmm. time of supporting other people's grief. Yes. I with them coming up and hugging me and then bye. Mm-hmm. Get out the door, right. Right. It's not terrible, but I feel like I'm, it's okay to say that. And I want, it is okay to say that it's your, you're the closest person to the person who passed away. And that's, what's so kind of backwards about our society. I think in general is that we're more worried about all the people that are going to show up to our, our loved one's funeral than honoring ourselves and our relationship and our grief with our person. Yeah. And I think that that, that's exactly like the point that I hope that this podcast makes this episode makes is it's okay to be who you are and to take care of yourself and your own needs, even in the midst of the expectations. And it's okay Mm -hmm. to do the expectations in any order that you want to kind of like our Christmas thing or our Thanksgiving one, where we were like, do whatever you want, another one, do whatever you want. And nobody Mm -hmm. gets to tell you that you're right or that you're wrong. Feel how you want, care for yourself the way you want to greet people in the damn parking lot, put them in their car and like shove them. Yeah. Just close the door. You know, you can bang on the top. Like they're getting in a cop car. Like, all right, let's go. Just tuck in. (laughs) I'm going to tuck you in here and shut the door because it's bye. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever makes you feel good. This is what you do. And I hope that if you're listening that first of all, I hope that we've added a little bit of levity to what is a difficult situation, but also I hope we've taught some people to think a little bit about how you can provide support. And most importantly, if you're going through a difficult time, I hope that this gives you permission to take care of yourself. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman. 
If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.